So, uh, uh, this is a great opportunity for me to remember that I did not do our intro last episode. <laughs> because we are very professional. We know exactly what we're doing. Uh, welcome to Arcade Militia, the best podcast with the best takes. I'm Jackie, here with my co-host, Steph. Hello. Today, we are talking about uh, Saints Row 5. Saints Row 5 <laughs> is a third-person shooter uh, in an open world. Uh, made by Volition, uh, the company, and I, I can't, I can't, I cannot do this anymore, Steph. The game is so boring. Okay, let me go ahead game. and <laughs> let me break in here before before Jackie gets started. Um, so the reason we're doing this game is entirely my fault. Uh, I ever since I started playing video games have been a huge fan of the Saints Row series. Jackie has always been less than enthusiastic but willing to indulge me. So when she saw how excited I was for the release of a new Saints Row game for the first time in years and years now, I asked her and then bribed her and then blackmailed her into doing a several Saints Row's playthroughs so that we could play through a couple of the games in the history. So everything that you are about to hear is 100% unfiltered. Steph made me do this and this is what you get. (laughs) (laughs) Well, okay. You see, I like Saints Row. I always did because for me, in my eyes, Volition and the games they made was always like the scrappy underdog to, you know, like the the ever-present Grand Theft Auto series. They're insane. And I enjoyed Yeah, like I enjoyed I enjoyed the direction they took with the game a lot of the times because they allowed themselves to be less serious in a way that is um, more entertaining to me because um, in Grand Theft Auto the characters are very silly but they don't recognize that silliness because they're parodies you know they're set mm-hmm. satires that's why they're funny because characters in GTA they are very satirized they're like very silly but they take themselves incredibly seriously uh, whereas right. in Saints Row. Nobody really takes anything seriously, not really. The fourth wall doesn't exist for this series. Like, they (laughs) are making fun of making fun of making fun of things. So it's a lot of stupidity, it's a lot of ridiculousness, and it's something that you either really hate or really love, and it's really hard to get an in-between opinion on these games. Yeah, it's a lot of people don't remember, and I think a lot of people don't remember specifically because the first Saints Row was an Xbox exclusive, but that game was uh, it played fairly straight. A lot of the action was um, was very you know over the top and silly, but the game itself played it pretty straight with the whole you know like it's a very it's a game about the criminal underworld and stuff like that. Um, uh, but it was not that interesting, and I think that's why a lot of people don't remember it, just because mm. it's, you know, it is it is what it is. It's a third-person, you know, open-world game that focuses on crime. You know, it's not... Um, not particularly... Not particularly inventive or creative in how it handles things, but it was a great... Um, it was a great blueprint, a great template for Saints Row 2, which is, I think, what most people enjoy a lot. A lot of people love mm-hmm. Saints Row 2 because it has amazing writing, really funny off-the-wall gameplay with really funny mm-hmm. off-the-wall segments. Um, they're not afraid to try weird stuff, but at the same time, they try to uh, try to keep the plot grounded 
they don't try to keep the <laughs> the stuff that happens grounded, but at least the plot follow has a follow through that is very grounded in 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 the sense that it, like you can, I think the word is very similitudinous. It it can <laughs> fool you into believing it. It might be real, right? I think with two also, and correct me if I'm wrong. Um, isn't two where they really started to kind of play with the physics of the game too? Like where they started to make things a little bit yeah. more like off the wall, like <laughs> you yeah, know, you throw so someone several... into a wall and they bounce for several like feet afterwards or something like that. <laughs> yeah, no, several uh, of the uh, the new mini games and side quests you could do in into involved the gratuitous use of uh, the the new ragdoll physics in the game, stuff like throwing <laughs> yourself into traffic and. Uh, Saints Row loves like, ragdoll physics like no game I have ever played before. Like, and it started with the, the second one, yeah. About it, yeah. They, they really wanted, they really wanted to have like tons of mini games where you just throw yourself around and get exploded around and have things explode. And I think they really did right in that sense because it's like at this time people were playing uh, games like GTA, and that's where you have like the very clear um, differential of people that play these games, where it's like when I play games like GTA, I'm interested in doing the story missions, in finding collectibles, mm-hmm. uh, finding Easter eggs, maybe doing all the, the skill things. Um mm-hmm. yeah, I guess I guess in a sense, yeah, it's just doing completionist stuff. It's just like I, I'm I'm interested in experiencing the game, right? Whereas there's tons of people that play those games that all they want to do is just hop on a tank and explode things for God knows what reason. They just want to explode things and destroy things and kill things. And I think uh, Volition found like the niche of making a game that the story missions, the main content, the the completionist content, is getting on a tank for God knows what reason and exploding things. So like for see, those type of you people, can't see it, but I'm raising really my well. hand so high, high right now because I'm that guy. <laughs> they invented mm-hmm. the tank missions for me. That is my favorite part of these games. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because there's really no reason to do that in GTA, right? You could You're get right. into a tank and explode a bunch of things, but there's no reason as to why you would want to do that. That's like right. entirely you, you don't know, get anything agency. for it. Yeah, there's no trophy, yeah. there's no, like, reward, you don't get any stat boost, like, there's nothing for it except just causing chaos. No. If if, if anything, it's it's detrimental because you, you're gonna, you know, lose HP and probably die and then, or get, you know, um, busted, and then you have to pay a cash... Carry those wanted... Yeah, and you have to pay, like, yeah. a cash fee and lose your weapons and stuff like that when you get mm-hmm. arrested, so it's detrimental to the player to do stuff like that, um, but... In, in Saints Row, you're supposed to do things like that. That's like the kind of the whole point of the game is to do stuff like that. And you get money for doing it. And you get money for doing it. And, you know, you level up, which is a thing, too, that mm-hmm. you can level up to do even more ludicrous stuff in these, these games. All these games have like a skill system that is gated behind experience, which forces you to do the mini games. Um, and that's the thing that kind of for me where it starts to hit a brick wall really quickly is in Mm -hmm. Saints Row 3 where the funny thing about Saints Row 2 or what was engaging about it was that the characters felt very confident way overconfident Mm -hmm. you know like it was that kind of confidence that was funny about the whole um, the whole plot of Saints Row 2 right yeah yeah they would just casually talk about 
how they're going to, you know, raid the armory of the United States Guard, like, you know, like Coastal Guard. They're just like, yeah. oh, we don't have enough weapons. Well, we'll just go steal some from the military. And then one character would be like, excuse me, what? And they're like, yeah, come on. There's just some some 18-year-olds that want money for college. Don't put up a fight. We'll just go there, grab some rifles and come back. There's no problem. And the person is just freaking out. They're like, you are insane. And they're like, come on, you're coming in or not? You know, and that's what was funny mm. about it. Because the game acknowledged how absolutely bonkers the whole situation was. <laughs> right. They always had a, a foil for these. You always have these big video game moments in games that these the Saints Row series was made to parody where you have this big decision to make, right? Where you're like, you're going to do this really big heist or you've got this really big revenge mm-hmm. mission or something. And you've always got everybody just all, you know, hyped up like a drunk frat party. But that's why I like Saints Row, because you always have at least one or two characters that are like, guys, guys. We're about to take on the entire military. Like, can we take a minute to think about this? But that's what makes the Saints Row characters funny because they're always the ones that are like, no, nah, it's fine. It's good. We'll we'll take care of it. We'll improvise. Fuck yeah. it, we'll do it live. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I think uh I think one of my one of my favorite scenes is from the starting of Saints Row Two, where you bust out uh one of your, you know, like your lieutenants from your gang from prison after you wake up from a coma. <laughs> And yes. you bust him out of prison and you put him like he's hiding out on his uh, his wife's uh, like house and you're just chilling there and you're talking about how you need a new safe house for your gang for, to rebuild your gang. And, and she's going, no. <laughs> yeah, no. no. Yeah, it's like, oh, we got space. There's a second floor. We have a bar. And she's like, absolutely not. And take your feet off the goddamn coffee table. <laughs> I loved that and so like, much because she's meant to like represent this very successful pop star that's gone into hiding and like nobody knows who or yeah. where she is and all this shit. Like she's supposed to like be represented as this kind of rep like demure character that's with Johnny Gad, the most bombastic guy who has ever existed in like the <laughs> toughest, most psychopathic guy that's ever existed. And she just straight up tells him like, I will gut you if you put your feet on my coffee table again. It's just <laughs> the funniest interaction you've ever seen. And he's just like, all right, let's go find another place. <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah. Which is, which is for me why this whole thing is funny, right? It's funny mm-hmm. because like I said, the world is normal. Your characters are unhinged. That's why they it's, are. it's so funny because because you're playing an unhinged character, which is why there's always this disconnect, especially in the uh, newer Grand Theft Auto games, um, mm-hmm. or the newest Grand Theft Auto game, I would say, because um, four handled that pretty well, I think. But in in five, right. there's like plenty of scenarios where they're like, oh, oh no, if we do this, we're gonna have to kill. You know, if we do this, we're going to have to kill the director of the FIB, which in the game is the FBI. (laughs) We're going to have to kill the director of the FIB. And it's like, dude, I just murdered 120 people just to get to this cutscene. Right. Like, the killing of the director of the FBI is not, like, this is not, uh, like, it's not like I was talking about. It doesn't feel like it would be realistically a big deal. Because mm-hmm. I already murdered so many people to get to here, what's one more person, regardless of who it is? I killed, you know, 130 police officers. Like, yeah, killing the director of TFB now really going to be mad at me now, you know? Like, right. It doesn't and matter. And by the time you get to that point in the game, you've already, like, pulled off so many big cons and heists that to even have that concern feels very 
like it was shoved yeah. into the gameplay. Like someone at the last minute was like, oh yeah, no, he's already racked up millions of dollars in all this criminal enterprise, but now let someone come in and say, oh, you might get in trouble for that. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, like, like I didn't know. that completely, <laughs> right. And not only that, but like mm. with uh, GTA V, you're dealing with a selection of characters who are already experienced criminals at this point. Like these aren't guys yeah. who are just like starting out on their journey and like there's some hope of rehabilitation. You are dealing with people who have already been through the system. So it, none of that makes any sense whatsoever. Like there's no ethical quandary at this point. That is, we're well beyond that point. Which is what I, I enjoy. That's the thing, right? I've I've seen a lot of uh, video essays talk about uh, one of the specific characters in GTA Five called Trevor and how mm -hmm. he's supposed to represent the player because he is completely chaotic, completely unhinged. He does whatever is on his mind without any concern about what's going to happen next or, mm -hmm. like, you know, anything of that matter. He just does it. And for me, the Trevor really represents more than anything else is just the boss in Saints Row. And that's mm -hmm. why I really dig this kind of approach in Saints Row because Trevor in GTA felt very off place. It felt like he didn't belong there. Right. Because all these characters are really concerned about real things and real people and real like reactions and consequences of their actions, where Trevor is not. But there's no reason why he shouldn't be unless he knew he was a video game character. Uh, right. Now we move over to the boss, which is the protagonist of Saints Row, and they don't mm -hmm. care. And I think it's partly because, yeah, they know they're untouchable. They know they're invincible. So they don't care about trying anything because they know they can't do wrong. <laughs> like, they can't right. fail. So they have they have this very bombastic kind of attitude. But I feel in the same way is the same attitude you have as a player, right? Because right. if the protagonist of the game is like, oh, we're going to go, you know, we're going to go steal all the, the weapons from the military... You as a gamer, you're like, okay, cool. That's going to be a fun mission. Right. I can't wait to play on that out. Yeah. And that's exactly the type of attitude that your protagonist has in Saints Row. It's just a very like, oh, yeah, let's do it. But everyone else in the game is like, they're real people in the game, in the game world. So they're like, this is not a good idea. <laughs> this is a very <laughs> bad idea we shouldn't do this and that's like for me I was talking about it kind of hits a brick wall in Saints Row 3 because again in Saints Row 3 you start getting to the point where more and more characters are sort of aware of this and they don't mm -hmm. care about consequences and for me I think I think a, a huge part of why I started enjoying the Saints Row series less and less is because the characters starting to feel less realistic in that sense, which I know is funny, right? Because um, moving on a little bit, uh, one of the main concerns people have with the newer characters in this game is that, you know, they're too realistic. They should be more, they mm -hmm. should be more silly, like the original ones. Mm -hmm. But for me, the original ones, even though they were silly, they were still very grounded in the sense that right. they're like, they worried about, you know, like real things and like consequences of things happening to them. Like they didn't want bad things to happen to them or their friends and family. And that is uh, uh, very well showcased in Saints Row 2 uh, in missions where, for example, there's one mission where one of your, uh, essentially, one of the guy who broke you out of prison 
is captured and he is like you know killed very violently and that moment hits really hard because that guy was like super enthusiastic and he was mm-hmm. like actually legitimately helpful and nice and you're yeah. like man wow okay so there is consequences to my action and that's the first time you see your protagonist the boss get actually angry at someone and it's a uh-huh. very it it hits it hits on an emotional level that's very deep Whereas in Saints Row 3, um, you know, it's it's just like you don't care because everything is just so blown out. It's just so cartoonish. It's just so like, like I don't, I can't bring myself to care in that game. I have to, I have to disagree with you on just one point with Saints Row 3. And it, obviously this is just down to like how immersed you are in the world and you know what's going on around you but with saints row 3 they actually did have a very deep story moment right in the beginning and that's when johnny gats murdered and like as a player if you're maybe starting with the third it might not seem like that big of a deal but if you've kind of played through the series and like even gotten to the game after the third and kind of seeing how the the boss handles all of this emotional stuff around Gat's death it you start to like really feel the weight of that if you go back to the third after that like on its own not that big of a deal because if you like I said are just getting into it you don't know or care who Johnny Gat is but like it's one of those situations where you kind of get more of the history of the world and then that moment like in hindsight becomes more impactful well, that's the thing. I think they handled Johnny Gat's death better in Saints Row Four than Saints Row Three, because in Saints I, Row I'll Three he gets there. shot. Yeah. He gets shot off camera, without so much as a goodbye, and that's it. And you never see him again. He's dead now. And then in Saints mm-hmm. Row Four, you get an opportunity to actually, you know, in the virtual world that has like all the consciences of people, like you know, kind of saved. You get to meet him again and talk through him. Uh, revisit some of the the moments, the the best moments of Saints Row Two and Saints Row Four, and I thought that was a much better send off for for Johnny Gat in that. Yeah, in I'll three. agree because in, in three is just, even in the just third, very sudden. Yeah, I was gonna say not only is that sudden, but kind of the only emotion you get from that afterwards is Shandi constantly bringing him up because no one else really does. Like even you playing as the boss, there's no you know, we're going to memorialize Johnny this way, even though that's, you know, supposed to be your best friend in the series. It was very weird how they handled it, only having Shondi being the person that was impacted by it until you get to the fourth. Yeah, in the third one, they kind of do it a little bit, but I wish, again, it's just a fault of the writing of the characters not being grounded enough, in my opinion. I wish Mm -hmm. there was more of this theme, because the whole theme of three is about bringing it back to its roots, you know right. what the saints are supposed to be about and it's like the the huge thing about it is because uh, they the saints commercialized uh, yeah they figured out that the best way to be a criminal enterprise is to just become a business which great commentary by the way right that is some <laughs> nestle shit right there <laughs> yeah it's like we can steal so much more money by selling t-shirts and energy drinks than we can by actually smuggling dope and guns <laughs> you know and integrating um, photo ops into the game which is something that made yeah. me laugh so hard the first time i played it <laughs> but yeah it's 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 a uh, it's they are doing 
this really cool commentary on it. But again, it's like I wish it was more of a theme throughout the entire game because, again, the game kind of loses its sight a little bit because, and we're going to get into this, Saints Row is not a storytelling game. And it should not be a storytelling game. Do not ever treat it that way. You do not have enough cutscenes. You do not have enough dialogue. And you do not don't have a gameplay style that allows people to kind of take in stories because there's a lot of chaotic shit happening. There's a lot of stuff happening like, you know, all the time. And nobody wants to sit down for a three minute cutscene when they're playing Saints Row. So it's really hard for you to write meaningful storylines that have beats and kind of like follow through because that's mm-hmm. even in my favorite Saints Row game, which is Saints Row 2. They don't do that a lot. The things right. happen relatively quickly, and it's like they get the point across by just having things happening very quickly and very straight to the point. And having these characters that are very over the top and bombastic helps a lot because mm-hmm. it's like you don't need help to kind of get where this person is coming from. They're going to tell you it very loudly in five or right. six words, <laughs> and mm-hmm. you get what their deal is, you know? Yeah. Like, in the Saints, in Saints Row 2, when Johnny Gat tells the uh, the judge to fuck off, says, <laughs> 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 so like, does the defendant have anything to add to that? And Johnny Gat raises it and is like, yes, I would like to, to ask the prosecutor and the judge to fuck off. <laughs> 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 like, you get what his character is like, you know? Like, you, you already yeah. get it from that. You, you don't need, a, like, a detailed backstory where Johnny Gat came from. You understand what he is about from that, like, little interaction. Right. And I was going to say, like, probably of all the side characters, he's my favorite, not just across Saints Row, but across most series. Just because he is such an unapologetic asshole. I mean, he's just so much <laughs> fun in every single game just because he does not care. I mean, at all. You have never met yeah. anyone with less fucks to give, but he's 100% down to protect, like, the people he cares about aside from that. But all the rest of the time, just everything that comes out of his mouth is fucking hilarious. Well, he is a great folly to uh, the player, I think, because the player is very much like Johnny Gad. It's just just that Johnny Gad has things to care about, you know? He has a wife. He has, like, he cares about the saints in a way that it's, like, it's, like, more about family than just about reputation. And that is, yeah, he's he's very much about (laughs) that, whereas you as the player... You're just kind of worried about causing mayhem and maybe just amassing wealth and exacting your revenge. Buying a cool suit. Which, again, again, that's a great point, which I love, actually, about the new Saints Row. The characterization of the boss in the new Saints Row is very good in that aspect of realizing that you as the boss, the boss as a character, doesn't really have a vision, doesn't really have a purpose, doesn't really have mm-hmm. a goal. You're there to spread mayhem and kill people. That's like the only thing you're good at, you know, as the boss. That's the only thing you know how to do. Yeah. And you kind of have like this really loose idea that you would like to be in control of the city, but it's very directionless. Directionless? Uh, Jesus Christ. Sorry. English is my first language. You just wouldn't know it by listening to me (laughs) speak. But um, yeah, it just, it's very, it, it, the new game really does well at giving you the kind of confusion that comes with starting a new chapter in your life. Like, you don't know exactly what you're supposed to do. You just have this very long-term, big-picture version of what you want it to look like. 
Yeah, which I love because in, in Saints Row 3, they also do this very well too, where like the supporting cast, the supporting cast and characters are doing most of the heavy lifting. You're there to mm-hmm. blow things up and kill people. You don't actually know what you're doing. Even Saints Row 4, to a degree, it's like also like that. It's like you have no clue what you're doing. You have no clue as to how to get things done. You just know that if you kill and maim enough people, the game will move forward. And um, that's that's essentially how, story-wise, how these games work. But mm-hmm. essentially, Saints Row 3 just gets to a point where... Um, now, moving on to talk more mechanically, I suppose. Saints Row 3 is very cookie cutter in how it like just it's a cover shooter not even a cover shooter it's just a again another third person open world game where you shoot mm-hmm. things and you can hijack cars and you do missions and there's nothing really unique about it but saints row 3 is definitely like you know a refer to the game or what i talked about fable 3 <laughs> it's a <laughs> it's a comfort game it's it's very bland and very whatever but it's very comforting to play. You kind of just sit around and you can just do the missions and, you know, customize your character. And it's it, it's it's comforting. There's not a lot to worry about. It's just right. very straightforward. It's it's a fun little little diversion game, which, mm-hmm. you know, for a AAA release, that's probably not good. Same with Fable, right? <laughs> <laughs> for a game that probably costs millions to make, you don't want people to hear that it's a nice little comfort game. You probably want people to be more excited about it. But it is what it is. Well, look, I'm just saying if if I am a little bit higher than usual while I'm self-medicating, games like Saints Row and Fable are perfect because I don't have to think too much about it and I can still have fun. Yeah. So it's also like it's. Uh, I used to call them back when I had really bad internet. Uh, I used to call games like that my my offline games, or it's like mm. games I could play while I'm downloading something. Like yeah, if my internet it. is out. You can kind of just sit and just play those games, and you're fine. Like it'll, it'll it'll eat up your time and it'll keep you engaged. Yeah, I actually played the third while I was waiting for the fifth to be downloading. So yeah, <laughs> you're one hundred percent right. <laughs> yeah, and. But then you get like mechanically speaking, you can't do that in Saints Row Four. Saints Row no. Four requires a level of actually playing the game, because believe it or not, Saints Row Four is actually quite difficult. At least it, I thought it was. One hundred percent. I and to be perfectly transparent with how I played these games, I actually played four before I played any of the other ones. And mm-hmm. I did it on recommendation from one of my friends because at the time, the only game I had put serious time into had been Skyrim. And I told her, look, I'm looking for... And obviously, this is before I knew Jackie, so I probably could have gotten a more adult recommendation had that been the case. But <laughs> we hadn't met each other yet. So anyway, I said, I'm looking for... Some, I like character customization. I like exploring. I like, you know, having a world I can kind of play around in that... You know, it, you know, I don't mind fighting things, but I don't want it to be the whole point of the gameplay. She's like, well, you're going to do a bit of fighting, but check out the Saints Row game. I've been really into it. So I downloaded, downloaded four before I played anything else and just absolutely fell in love with how comedic and ridiculous it was. So then I played three. Yeah. By the time I got through three, I had met Jackie and told her all about my Saints Row obsession. And she was like, well, you're an idiot, but play two if you want an actual experience. So (laughs) 
<laughs> that was kind I don't of how that. I fell in love I with listen. the rest of the series. It was implied. <laughs> it was definitely implied. I, I love I love Saints Row Four. I love Saints Row Three, and I love Saints Row Two. Those are all like really good games. It's just that I, I get to a point where like I can't, in good faith, recommend any of them to anyone because understandable. Like we're talking about me- mechanics, right? Saints Row mm-hmm. Two, incredibly janky. One of the most janky games I've ever played in my life. It has that oh, absolutely. early Xbox. You can punch someone and kill them as soon as you pop up out of that hospital bed. Like, there is nothing about that mechanic that is balanced. Not only unbalanced, but it's like when you try to punch someone, it's like your camera freezes up and you try to turn your your view. And it's like it has that weird, like, you know, it's slow first and then it accelerates. It has like this weird, it's hard to explain, but it has that weird early mid 2000 xbox game feel it's like it just feels very <laughs> weird to play it, like the jank is real of like just the controls are kind of like you know it, it's it's when you jump you don't go where you want when you run it kind of like feels off when you try to aim and you're trying to get like a precise aiming uh, thing you always aim a little to bit too high a little game. bit too yeah. low yeah do not bother like fine aiming in that game does not like does not it's not worth it same with like all the mechanics they just kind of half work they work when they want to it's very Mm -hmm. janky but it can be very enjoyable and the writing is really good saints row 3 very bland very generic uh i would not Mm -hmm. recommend to people that want to actually play a game because it's so bland and generic there's like better (laughs) options in the market for open world games that actually engage you but again if it's cheap and you can buy it as a game for to just like get high and just kind of waste your time. Great game. Right. Saints Row 4, probably, not, if not the best, one of the best just straight up superhero games with the amount right. of power-ups and powers you can get. It's like really like power fantasy. And the game mm-hmm. kind of balances itself to that because like I said, it gets hard. It gets really difficult. And you have like different powers which you use in different enemies to kind of create different like opportunities. Right. And you can combine them. And they've got some Saints Row for I will say that like I I don't take it seriously as like a serious contender as far as games that have like made me feel something or like been life changing whatsoever. But I will say that four has some of the best mini games that you can possibly grasp onto because of those superpowers that you get early in the game and then you start getting to combine them in really fun and unique ways yeah that it it four is and this is something you'll hear me say about a couple of games in this series is a great sandbox physics exercise (laughs) because if you don't care about the storyline you will find 10 million things to do utilizing these powers and these combination of powers that you can get throughout the game if you go ahead and just sit back and enjoy the stupid ride yeah i mean it's like don't get me wrong it's no like spider-man like remastered you know like it's Mm -hmm. not that level of good but it's still really good and if you're like someone like me who actually enjoy a good challenge in a game that makes you like actually think like mm-hmm. it, some of the like I remember when I started playing it there's definitely some like uh, optional content you can do with like you know like, clear out the this enemy hideout and stuff like that where mm-hmm. you actually have to be like oh use this power to kill this guy and use this power to disable this thing while I can switch weapons to do this and you actually have to put your mind into what you're supposed to do as opposed to again Saints Row 3, where you just crouch behind a car and you take pot shots at enemies until they die. Or Saints Row 2, where you 
do essentially the same thing if you want to be efficient. Saints Row 4 actually asks you to engage with the game mechanics, which, you know, mechanically speaking, I think Saints Row 4 is the best game out of all the ones in the franchise just because there's something there for you to do aside from just Mm -hmm. shooting people. (laughs) All the other games are very straightforward. You just shoot things until they die, and that's pretty much it. Saints Row 4 actually has a plethora of skills and stuff that you can do, which now finally moving on to the the main event. Let's talk about Saints Row 5. Um, Do we have to? We have to. Honestly, don't <laughs> don't be like that. It's not that bad. It's just really, boring. really boring. You know, you know what I think. You know what I legitimately think. That is exactly how I felt about Saints Row Three when Saints Row Three really? came out. Because Saints Row Three is, think about it. Saints Row Three is a game where you just walk around and shoot people. There's nothing unique or new about it whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Oh, and now they made Shandi, who was like the super, like cool, you know, like uh, badass, uh, like character. just pot. Well, she wasn't badass in Saints Row Two. She was just like a a very oh, that's easygoing. Right. She was pothead. a burnout. Yeah, she was a burnout. Yeah, I had completely forgotten. Like not even just a pothead. Like she was like out of it for half of the game. I had completely forgotten. Yeah, that was an aspect of her character because they do her so well in Saints Row Four. Once again, play. Yeah, she could. <laughs> Saints Row 4 she is good, a, yeah. She has so, a great bl- glow up there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so in Saints Row, Saints Row 2, she's just like, you know, like, uh, she's just kind of out of it. And she just kind of like takes everything very, you know, like, she doesn't take anything seriously. So then you play Saints Row, you know, like 3. And all of a sudden, she's like a no-nonsense, very angry, mean person all the time. And you're like, that's is that even the same character? This is right. really weird. Uh, and and Pierce all of a sudden is no longer not even a little bit resembling like a criminal. Now he's just, you know, which makes sense in the story, right? He's just he's just a spokesperson. He's just a PR guy. Whereas in the, you know, Saints Row 2, he was like very much just like a he was a he was a the recruiter of the gang. He was like kind of the mastermind behind the stuff. But in this one, he's just essentially just, you know, marketing PR guy. Pierce probably has the most natural character progression of anybody in the series, to be honest. <laughs> Which is funny because in three, it's they do that Star Wars intro and they're like, "In Pierce, who fucking cares about Pierce?" And I was like, "Come on, he's the only one that came out okay in this." Uh, yeah, and I mean, you 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 look at it and it's like, yeah, it's like a, a, compared to like Johnny Gad, who has no character progression because. He's Johnny Gad. He doesn't really because he's a change who Johnny Gad is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just Johnny Gad until fucking cows come home. He's just Johnny Gad, uh, and then you have the boss who also doesn't really change that much um, because they can't because they're the player character. So you play Saints Row Three, and it's suddenly this game where you don't know, you don't really know any of the characters because the characters kind of evolved to something completely different. You're in a new city, which means there's none of the recurring characters which you're used to. And the main gameplay is just to shoot people in the head with guns that are very normal. There's nothing unique or interesting about them. And you collect money and you go buy more guns and you make them better so you can shoot more people in the head. And it's that's that's it. That's the game. It's a, mm-hmm. When you look at it like that, Saints Row 3 was very boring and it still is. <laughs> but after time, when you play through it, it was like it didn't need to be any more than that, you know? Like right. it was 
fine as that. It didn't need to like reinvent the wheel. It didn't need to do anything new. It was fine as it was. Um, and I'm thinking like Saints Row Five. We're talking about how boring it is. I'm sure in like yeah, give it like two three years. Maybe when it come on Steam and like it starts going on sale and stuff. Um, yeah, we'll probably look at it and just be like, huh. This is kind of this is kind of fun. This is kind of like a little little fun distraction for you to do when you have nothing else to do, because right. uh, Central Five, the, my main um, my main uh, problems, my main gripes with it, I would say, is that yeah, there's not much to it. You know, you kind of just mm-hmm. shoot enemies until they die. You have skills, which actually I enjoy the skills in this more than I think I enjoy skills in Central Four to an extent. Because they're um, they're more um, I guess grounded I suppose a lot of them mm-hmm. a lot of the uh, lower level skills are pretty straightforward but you have some pretty interesting ones like a fire punch that can instantly kill enemies you have one that's really funny where you place a grenade in someone's pocket and you throw them <laughs> to the enemy <laughs> which is a uh, very very fun um, and they did the thing which I enjoyed which uh, the the Far Cry games did uh, Far Cry I can't remember which one, but it was the spinoff. The one that's like post-apocalyptic did this, where one of my main issues I had with Far Cry, the entire series, is that you get all of these really cool guns, but all the guns kill enemies with one shot to the head anyway. So why would you bother buying the really cool, expensive gun, right? No reason. But in in the new Far Cry, or this spinoff Far Cry, enemies had health bars and armor. So you had to use different weapons to kind of break their armor and then you could shoot them in the head to kill them. And this one does something similar where it's like, okay, there is an actual reason as to why you would want to bring different weapons to the fight. Because um, right. otherwise, why not just use whatever does the most damage and just shoots the most straightest and you're just like, fine, you just use that the whole game. And also the the, the smaller ammo pool also makes you... Um, the fact that enemies take more bullets... And the ammo pool is much smaller, make you actually switch around weapons much more constantly, which is kind of engaging. Anyway, again, what I've been saying, the game is boring because it's good. Because it's <laughs> it's a solid 7 out of 10, like maybe 6.5 out of 10. It's just so okay, you know? It's like, it's fine. It's fine. Maybe it's not good. It's just fine. So it's like, it's hard to be mean about it because it does everything it sets out to do okay you know (laughs) i'm gonna i'm gonna kind of give this the same um attitude that we gave to uh assassin's creed when we were talking about how valhalla wasn't a bad game but we're comparing it to uh, a different set of circumstances which is the franchise that came before it so with five i i'm with you it's not a bad game. It actually has a lot of like really fun areas and ways that you can play with it. But the characters are the most bland NPCs I've ever seen in my life. I do not care about any of my <laughs> player allies at all. Like any of them. I do not give a fuck. I don't care about any of the enemies. They're, like Nothing about any of them stands out to me. I don't have the same ability to kind of play around with... Um, special abilities that I had in four, which I, I mean, obviously, once I get further into the game, I'll be able to like buff what I have, but what I have right now sucks. It just overall, 
not my favorite game. And as far as like Saints Rose games go, if I was going to recommend an order to the series, this would absolutely be the last one on the list because I just can't find a whole lot about it that I care for. Yeah, I mean, it's... I maybe would put it above 2 just because 2 is just so clunky to play. 2 has like some great lines, but it's... 2 is a bit of a chore to play. Like, I played through the entirety of 2 because I really enjoyed the dialogue um, and the story, but it's 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 kind of rough to play. But as far mm-hmm. as characters go, I think this like drives back to the point I was talking about with the fact that you can't really tell stories in a Saints Row game given how um, the game is kind of set up, right? I'm, I wouldn't say I'm necessarily opposite to you, but the thing is, these new characters they added, I want to care about them. I don't think they're bad. I don't think they're badly written. I just think they need more dialogue. They need more screen time for me to actually care about them. And that's the problem. You can't really have these deep, complex characters if you don't give them an opportunity to actually, you know, make them complex. If yeah. these characters are really complex and, 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 and intricate, you need to show more of them and, and have more of them talk and, and interact with each other for me to kind of get how they're like. Because as it stands, it's like you get maybe a minute long cutscene at the start of every mission. And if you're lucky, you get like a 30 second end cutscene at the end of every mission. And that is not enough to build an, a good character. The thing is, is like with these older Saints Row games, the reason why these characters were so over the top and so supercharged is because they knew they didn't have a lot of time in the cutscene. So by making them like really like caricatures of themselves, then you didn't have to worry about having to like, you know, have them talk for a long time or do a lot of, um, you know, uh, yes, story building about them just because, you know, they're very simplistic and straightforward. Right. And it that's kind of the point I was going to make also is just that the reason why Gat and Shandi and Pierce work is because all three of them were completely larger than life characters. I mean, they absolutely like every aspect of their, their personality, the way they interact with you as the boss, the way that they interact with the world is overblown and hyperbolic and extremely just intense and on the edge. But that's why you identify with them as part of your crew and that's why you kind of get engaged with the world but what they've done with the fifth in trying to design a prequel is taken all of the things about the npcs around you that made them memorable dimmed them down not given any additional space to them to grow as characters and still expects you to care about them and what happens to them and the world around you and you just you can't do that like Saints Row worked prior to this because they understood that balance well enough to know that if they're not going to give them screen time, they have to make them just bigger than anything else on the planet. But by trying to mitigate that and not giving extra space for the character growth, they've failed the player because they've not given them anything in the world to latch on to. And they failed in, in, in a sense, too. I think they failed the characters, right? Like, I feel bad for yeah. these characters because in a better world, I can see, like, if if this was a different type of game, right? If this was, like, GTA, where you have these really long cutscenes and these mm-hmm. really long, like, sections where you just drive and drive and drive, but you give, like, the characters plenty of time to talk with each other and you can kind mm-hmm. of figure out where they're coming from, 
these characters could have been something really nice because I right. I don't like I don't hate them unequivocally because again I don't ha- I don't think they're bad characters they're just underwritten like they just yeah, need more. I don't know anything about them and I don't care about them in my circle which is hard when you're part of the first part of the game is playing these like rescue missions for them yeah like a huge portion of it is like your character um the boss right in the saints row the fifth saints row they have the same amount of bravado the same amount of just this over the top macho attitude that they had but with in no every one single them on like they had before and that is a failure yeah, yeah for me it's like my first thought uh just thinking about the boss in this circumstance was like why is the boss hanging out with these people right like, it feels like the boss would hang around with people who kind of share, you know, like a Johnny Gat. Someone who has the same destroy the world, <laughs> fuck everything mentality. Someone completely insane, yes. Yeah, and these people are so subdued and, like, so normal. It's like, they're just normal people and they go along with it. And it's uh, uh it's it's weird because that's the thing. They are subdued enough that they feel normal but at the same time they do also do crazy things but it's not like they're not supercharged they're not over the top so it's it's just i don't know it just doesn't land for me because they're just so normal (laughs) they just feel so normal and again with with more writing and if i got to know more of the characters it would probably change but uh, again i'm like 12 hours in Mm -hmm. and yeah like i just want to know more of these characters and a game doesn't give me an opportunity to do so. Um, again, minor spoilers, but a good point of reference is like um, one of the missions you can do for one of your lieutenants, one of your main sidekicks is you go to, um, to try to help her because her car has been uh, stolen by okay. her previous gang that she left. So you go help her. And as you go help her, the you you miss the clock. You don't manage to 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 get the car, and the car is totaled. And you're like, well, you know, crap. You know, we'll figure something out. Um, and she just starts talking about how that car was the last thing she had from her mother that you know mm-hmm. died from cancer, and that just doesn't work in that circumstance. Like, it would work better. Okay, this would have worked better if she got really upset. She didn't want to talk to you. She got, you know, just crazy upset and, like, was like, you know, you screwed everything up. We got here too late. It's your fault. I don't want to talk about this. And then in a later mission, she calls you and you go to her home and you talk about it. And she's like, you know, this meant a lot to me. And the boss is like, you know what? Okay, fine. We'll go make a new car. And we'll make it out of pieces from the people that destroyed your car. And it'll be mm-hmm. like a nice bonding experience. You know, give time for these characters to breathe and like expose their right. story. But but happening like car breaks, your your sidekick immediately sits down crying and is like, my mother died of cancer. It's like your car literally just exploded and it was shooting bullets as the guy was like riding past right. to run away. Like it just happens so quickly. Like I barely know you, and now you're like bawling your eyes out and telling me your mom had cancer, and I'm like, that's a lot to take in really quickly. This game mm-hmm. needs more cutscenes and more dialogue. Yeah, it definitely does because it, 
even the um, moments in five where it felt like you were supposed to be bonding with the NPCs, everything was just so shallow and rushed. Yeah. And I just, I, I couldn't care. And obviously I'm like, as we're looking at these characters, I'm kind of drawing them against past experience. So I'm going, okay, so Kev would probably be like the equivalent to Johnny Gat. I would rather have yeah. Johnny Gat. And with the character you were just talking about, I can't remember her name, but obviously that would be like Shandy's character. Rather have Shandy. Yeah. And then the computer nerd, while he's kind of going off on his thing, I'm like, okay, I'd rather have Kinsey. Like, we have already had such great characters <laughs> the filling Pierce. these roles. <laughs> well, yeah, or Pierce. I mean, whoever was like the brains behind the operation at that point. I know we, we go through mm-hmm. a couple of transitions between two, three, and four, yes. but we, we also had some really great, even the characters that started out as evil, like, as you play through the game, like, become endearing characters in with five. It just does not hit any of that especially if like us you have played the previous games and already dealt with these really great npcs that could hold their own in any scene you're putting them into and now you're dealing with this whole other cast of characters that can barely string a couple of words together and you're supposed to care about them on the same level like none of it makes any sense to me well that's the thing i'm pretty sure that if you had uh, GTA-like long cutscene with the Saints Row characters would become unbearable. Like, let's right. be honest. Shondi and Johnny Gat are funny because they show up for 30 seconds, they spot some cause funny chaos. lines. Cause chaos. Yeah. Cause chaos. Someone reminds them that them causing chaos is very, you know, it's a faux pas socially. They're doing Shondi tells the him wrong. to fuck off. Johnny Gat kills him. Yeah, that's why it's funny. It's like a 30-second thing. If you had like a six-minute cutscene of Johnny Gat and Shondi talking with someone, that would be unbearable. That would be like, it would get old very quickly. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Neither of them are like brain people. Like, they're not rocket scientists or anything. <laughs> not only that, but it's like they, they run out of interesting things to say, right? Like, how many times can you show that Johnny Gat is a, a dick who doesn't care, you know? Right. Like before it gets tiring, you know, like you, you do that in like tiny little portions because it keeps the like I said, it reinforces the character. But you can't really make like Johnny Gat is not a deep, complex character. Shondi is not a be. deep, complex character. He's he's a yeah. big, muscled, cute himbo. And Shondi is, you know, what most women are like a reformed party girl that decided to take all her shit seriously. (laughs) And now you can't say anything to her. I am her. So I get it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what I'm saying, right? You, you, you can't put them in these like tiny little sections and it's fine because it's like really tiny. But if the moment you try to actually explore them and do something emotionally meaningful with them, you can't really do much because they're so simple, you know? Um, It's like, yeah, Honestly, even to a point, uh, the only reason in Saints Row 3, you the game starts with you doing a heist, and the heist is rigged, so you get thrown to jail. And while you're in jail, Johnny Gad starts to reminisce, and he talks about, you know, like, is this really what the Saints are? Are they all about, like, sports energy drinks and movie tie-in deals? And right. it, at this point, you're like, yeah, Johnny Gad, the Saints really have sold out. But then you think about it, was Johnny Gat ever against selling out? In, no. in Saints Row 2, he seemed pretty excited about making a bunch of money right. out of fools. So this is like, 
even trying to make him a complex character in that sense of like giving you as the player uh, a vision of what you're going to do in Saints Row 3, which is bring back the roots of the Saints, that's new character development for him. He wasn't right. like this. So right. so it's like, you can't make these characters complex. So if you want to make a complex like characters for Saints Row, I think they did a fine job in Saints Row 5. These characters mm-hmm. are complex and deep, and I like that. I just wish they had more dialogue for us to actually see the complexity because we got the same length of cutscenes we had in Saints Row 2, but not enough time to breathe them out. Um, a good example is like the, the, the first real mission you do in the game uh, mm-hmm. where you go steal a, a loan a bank shop uh, to pay for rent. And the the thing that happens is you, you're stuck in a car with the, uh, the computer nerd, uh, Eli, and he says that he wants to hear his uh his audiobook uh that is like this uh you know like corporate bro you know like tech bro thing about like you know quit your job and start your own company and business you know make your own money and be your own boss and i thought that was kind of genius until it didn't really go anywhere because that that is like such great like you know like for this point in moment your character, the boss, is working a relatively, pretty much a dead-end job trying to make ends meet and pay rent. So, like, when you're going to this store to rob it for money to pay rent, you're listening to this little audiobook about this, like, you know, this sniveling, like, you know, tech bros just telling you, like, you're not, you're not paying money. You're not getting $15 an hour. You're selling 15 hour, or you're selling an hour for $15, an hour of your life. And, and and he's like, then what do we say to that? Be your own boss. And then the whole like crowd that is watching like this live performance is like, be your own boss. And I'm like, that would be <laughs> such a great moment to have a cutscene like in GTA of like just like just showing like your, your main characters just like riding, driving, you know, and kind of listening to that. And they kind of have like that that glint in their eye as they're like driving. And then they like, you know, they pull out the pistol and they load it. And they look at Eli, and Eli is like smiling, listening to it, and they're like, "Be your own boss." And you have the slow zoom in at the boss's face, as like you just hear this chanting of "Be your own boss, be your own boss, be your own boss." And you have this moment where they're like, "Well, you know what? Fuck this," you know. And they they just uh, decide to like instead of stealing the, the 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 bank loan, they decide to go steal some other, you know, gang's money or something like that to make, like, a bigger payday or something. But no, it's just it's just a little funny audio gag that happens while you're driving your car, and then it doesn't really go anywhere. I don't know. To me, it kind of seems like you you wrote the very first arcade militia video game, so we need to get started on our studio here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hire me, Volition. I can write a better intro for your game than your professional writer. <laughs> But no, for real though, it's like it does come into play because the whole beer on boss thing is kind of alluded to in in another mission where you actually start your own gang and the boss is like, Eli's book is right. I should we should be our own boss. But there is no catalyst <laughs> moment, you know? There's no right. moment where the boss has that kind of like click and be like, Yeah, I'll be my own boss, you know? It's just right. It just it just kind of happens. It just kind of like uh, happens because of circumstances. Not and actually that's another thing too. It happens because of circumstance. It's not like a a choice your character makes, right? It's not like yeah. 
they're like, I'll be my own boss. It's more like they got they get fired and then they cut ties with every single gang and every single gang hates them for the rest of their life. So now the only choice they have is to make their own gang. So like it's not yeah. even like they chose to be their own boss. They were forced into it or else they would die. So, yeah. <laughs> kind of lose like a desperation gag. Yeah. Yeah. And again, if we had more cutscenes and more dialogue, I'm sure you could work this really well. But then if you had more cutscenes and more dialogue, it wouldn't be a Saints Row game because it would right. just be a GTA game because it would be mostly cutscenes and dialogue and not enough exploding and destroying things. So like this is like the weird dichotomy of like I I see what they were going for and I really like they would try to go for it, but maybe this is not the right game franchise to do it in. Or maybe like just maybe do a spin-off maybe off of it. But following it as a mainline title is like it's bad because you you want to keep the formula of just being like this, you know, balls to the wall, crazy action game. But you also want to have like really deep, complex characters, but not give it the Bioware treatment of being like tons of dialogue to actually flesh out these characters. It's it's just weird. I will say, though, that I mean, as far as history goes with this studio, there really isn't a reason to be terribly surprised by this. And I say that yeah. as a huge fan of this studio, don't get me wrong, but also as someone who unironically played Gat Out of Hell. So I will say that <laughs> this studio is kind of known for missteps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, they went, they they, they uh, declared bankruptcy, they were bought out, and then they, they got all the original people to work in. But I could, you can only imagine how much, like, shifting in management they had during these uh, rocky years after Saints Row 4's release of, like, just, you know, like, firing people, hiring people, bankruptcy, being bought out, then being mm -hmm. bought out, or being set to another studio, then receiving their names back. It's It's been, like, a whole ordeal to get this this game off the ground, so... Again, like I applaud them for getting the game anyway, but yeah, get out of hell was like definitely like something that it definitely smelled like just like uh, they're <laughs> you know like uh, when they talk about you know like Saints Row was dead and get out of hell was just the gases being released. They like that's that's what kind of crept out of the, the corpse <laughs> of Saints Row. <laughs> well, no, absolutely, because uh, and I knew that even when I played it, but still, I mean it. For a game that was literally just let me grab some money off a dying franchise, not that bad. <laughs> it was actually yeah, pretty it was fun fine. in a lot of places. <laughs> Again, it's like time is very kind to these games, honestly. It's just because uh, a lot of people tend to forget how like actually bad games are bad. Like, right. There's a this thing called test of time, right? People won't remember games that are actually bad. Games that are like legitimately like bad games people don't remember mm -hmm. them they're they're gone like nobody remembers you know like no one remember, remembers you know like world world war z uh the game like nobody remembers you know like uh even for example do you want to know a really bad game that nobody remembers that was released uh agents of mayhem that was a really <laughs> bad game that was released i also played agents was... of mayhem <laughs> yes but that's what i'm saying the time was not kind to it because it was bad. It, it was just bad. It it was not lackluster. It was not kind of boring. It was not. It was bad. Know, it was bad. It was a bad game, 
And people yeah. don't remember that game existed because it did not survive the test of time. Whereas game like, you know, Get Out of Hell and Saints Row 3, they were just kind of boring, kind of repetitive. They kind of mm-hmm. cost a lot when they came out. It's like, they're not bad. You know, they're, they're still like very functional, playable games that can, you know, get you some enjoyment. And in that sense, I feel like this game is definitely on the same vibe. It's like, it is a fun game. It is an enjoyable game. It's just that for the price they're asking and for what we also have available on the market right now, it's a tough choice. We have a lot of other games that, you know, like kind of can fit on this niche. Honestly, here's my recommendation from me to you. If you want to play a game like Saints Row, but you want to play it something that's more funny and has more interesting mechanics, play Sunset Overdrive. Sunset Overdrive is really good, and it's kind of yeah. like this. <laughs> I, I, as much as I hate to, I'm going to have to side with Jackie on this one. <laughs> um, yeah. If you're going to play a Saints Row... Four, definitely. Three, maybe. Two, if you get really into the series, I would avoid five altogether, at least until they flesh it out a little bit more. But yeah, if you want a complete alternative to the studio altogether, Sunset Overdrive is a really fun game to play. Yes. This is my my official plug for Sunset Overdrive, because a lot of people forgot that game exists, but it's a really good game. That game and is you the can most punk game ever. you can get it for a lot of the time, yeah. It's, it's like yeah. almost always on sale. But I don't know if I would say a voice Saints Row 5 altogether. I still think it's an enjoyable, fun game. And honestly, I think it might be better than Saints Row 3 in a lot of ways. It's just that Saints, Saints Row 5 is wise. a good game if you haven't played any other Saints Row games. I'll give it that. Not even then. I feel like like Saints Row, Saints Row 3, for example, I feel Saints Row 5 is still more fun to play than Saints Row 3. Saints Row 3 keeps you more engaged, though, because the storyline and the characters are more interesting. But Saints Row 5 plays better than, say, any of the Saints Row, I think. Okay, well, you're allowed to be wrong, and I'll still love you. I'm just <laughs> saying. <laughs> yeah. No, I get that. It's just that for me, Saints Row, Saints Row 5, I don't have anything against it mechanically no, is what I'm saying. I'm, I'm right? The mechanic-wise. I don't either. I'm just saying, like, for me personally, as far as fun goes, that would be my ranking. And obviously, everybody mm-hmm. plays games differently. Everybody has different expectations for games. So, I mean, honestly, give the studio a break. Play them all and see what's your favorite. And then you come back yeah. and tell us if we're both completely wrong and you find that, you know, five is the best game you've ever played and, you know, feel free <laughs> yeah, to tell us leave, exactly leave why we below. suck. I'm, I'm down with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, the thing that gets to me the most is that people are going to chalk down Saints Row 5 sucking because of being too woke when every single Saints Row has been woke. But the game oh, is just yeah. kind of lackluster. It's just kind of it is just kind of boring. Been the most like woke studio that ever existed, and I'm not like yeah. saying that to be funny. <laughs> they they allowed you to play a male character that had a female voice and wore female clothes long yeah. before any other studio ever thought of that as a viable thing. So I'm not taking anything from them on that front. And in my in my official opinion too, uh, Saints Row is the first trans game because the boss in uh, the for the first trans protagonist because the boss is uh, unequivocally male in the first game, and then you can make the boss mm. female in the second game, but it's just still the same character. And nobody says a word. No, actually, Johnny Gad asks you if you cut your hair. 
when he's <laughs> when he sees uh, you get aside from that <laughs> i love that as big of a dick as johnny got is too that is like all the attention he plays he pays to the situation it's just like uh yeah. nicer and that's it <laughs> like is the new saints row being sold at 60 dollars can you check that yeah. for me because i have brazilian prices is it 60 dollars oh, let me double check just because that that was my instinctual reaction. But let me pull up because, of course, I had to download their game launcher to get to this, which I'm also <laughs> not a huge yeah. fan of. But let me. That's how it works these days. Pull up that launcher and double check if my internet decides to give me a yeah. break today. Because I'll say this in, in Brazil, it's uh, 120 reais. And 120 reais is like. Uh, like roughly like twenty dollars, twenty four, twenty twenty three dollars, just about. Is is that common for new releases in Brazil? Not at all. No, it's oh. usually double of that. It's usually yeah. So it's usually like so like you probably guys are pretty like close to our price. Fifty, yeah, forty five, yeah, kind of like forty five, fifty dollars is like the new releases that are like big AAA releases are usually that range. So Saints mm-hmm. Row being sold at you know tw- the equivalent of like twenty three dollars. That's a pretty generous price. I would say gotcha. that that is a that is a good price for Saints Row, you know, five. Okay, I think so. As far as USD, it is currently running on Epic Games for fifty nine ninety nine. So yeah, sixty bucks here. That is that is highway Insane. robbery. This game is yeah, not worth sixty dollars. I absolutely <laughs> would return this game if I hadn't already played so much of it for this episode. <laughs> it is. It is not worth $60 whatsoever. No. Grab this on sale. If it's 50 off, you probably will get a lot of enjoyment out of it um, because it is still very, like I, what, like I said, the mechanics of shooting and driving are actually pretty fun and tight, and they're pretty good. Just don't expect good riding out of it. For $30, it's, I, I, you know, to $30, I think it's like a good price for it, for that alone, if you want like a new open world game. And like Steph said, you already played Saints Row 4 and 3. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, also, if if you don't really want to commit to the new game yet, and you just are like me and like a lot of customization options, you can download the Saints Row Boss Factory for free, which allows you to go in and create an entire character from top to bottom with all their different like eye and skin and hair and, and yeah, like body options. Like you can just go in there and play with the character customizer and see if that's enough to sell you because. For a couple of games, that has been enough to sell me. I love, love, love in-depth character customization. So go and do that if yeah, you're and this game like, has it. thinking yeah. that you're on the fence with this. Yeah, the character customization in this game is pretty great. Uh, some missteps, like buying clothing in this game is kind of a pain. But it's they a, do a first... It's also extremely I... expensive compared to the other games. Yes. You're actually, you're actually going to be doing a lot of mini games to get money to actually buy clothing because it is very expensive. But for a series first, they do something which I really enjoy, which is let you change your outfit whenever you want and save presets for both outfits and makeups in all in one place, which is pretty great for if you're a dress-up junkie like I am. But mm-hmm. again, $60, probably not worth it. Just go buy Sunset Overdrive and play that. <laughs> please right. I need more people to talk about Sunset Overdrive with that game is so cool <laughs> I really love it yeah for sure that could be our next episode just me talking to you about Sunset Overdrive for like three hours can we co-op that 
Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Unfortunately. That would be a perfect game to co-op, actually. That would be such a cool game to co-op. I was going to say, because I got to a certain point in that game, and obviously this was before I played as intensely as I do now, but I kind of just got to where I couldn't really play smartly against the physics anymore, and I couldn't, I yeah. couldn't really progress. So, yeah, if I do start playing it again, I will probably just have you and my DMs the entire time going, how do I press this button? Which seems to be 90% of my questions. <laughs> so <laughs> so real, the fact that you haven't just completely... Vibes kicked me out of your life yet because i asked stupid questions is amazing oh <laughs> <laughs> well, no such thing as stupid questions there's not no such thing as stupid because you know um you know i paid like 30 dollars for saints row 5 so you know if anyone's stupid here it's me uh, <laughs> that game is i, I kind of still not feel like even that was worth my that. fault once again peer pressure <laughs> <laughs> but it's good because like i said i I think it's important to kind of have these experiences to know because, again, if you're one of those people that just kind of go with the flow, a lot of people are saying this game sucks, and I think that's not fair. It's not that it sucks. It's just that it's kind of lackluster, you know? It's it's like going to Arby's for a meal, you know? It's, it is there. It gets the job done. It's not going to, you know, it's not going to blow your mind. It's just a video game. Like someone asked me, like, what do you what do you think about Saints Row Five? And my answer was, it is definitely a game with game mechanics and the story and characters. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt about it. And I will say that this is why Jackie and I work so well because I personally find Arby's my favorite of all fast food restaurants. So this is why we work great talking with games also because all the ones where I'm like, oh, that sucks. She's like, no, actually, it's great. Let me tell you why. And all the ones where <laughs> I'm like, this is wonderful. And she's like, this is stupid. Let me tell you why. I can be like, no, actually, it's great. And play it this way. And I can tell you why. So... Well, yeah, yes, I was this was a match say, made in mi- heaven. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't misconstrue me. I'm not saying this is a good game. It really isn't a good game, but it, it it's an alright. It's game. playable. Like it's, it's playable. You, you you get it. You get some enjoyment out of it. You uh, legitimately, you probably will get some enjoyment out of it. It's uh, it's it's a game. There's fun stuff to be had, especially if you like open world games with collectibles. There's tons mm-hmm. of mini games that are pretty fun. There's tons of like the combat, like I said, is pretty fun with the skills and all the stuff. Um, and there's plenty to explore. It's I, I have to disagree with to the do. combat. The combat is probably my least favorite part of this game. Uh, I, the combat got better to me. It, like the more you upgrade your weapons, once you it, move it, up, it goes yeah. faster. Gotcha. Yeah, okay. once you because because the whole game is uh like. I still don't know how I feel about it because they're really trying to make Saints Row a game, which is, uh, you know, weird. Because Saints Row has been like Saints just, Row. yeah, yeah. Saints Row has been just like a sandbox to have fun, right? But this one definitely mm-hmm. feels more like a game. Whereas like clothing costs money because they want you to actually go do the mini games. Mini games are not like a little optional thing you do to like just explode characters and see them flying around no you do that because you need the cash to upgrade your weapons so you can do them Which more efficiently bullshit. so you can yeah that's what i'm saying it's like uh, saints row always has been about the whole sandbox aspect but this one definitely feels more game-like of like actually you know like it's it's, it's much better to compare it to like something like ghost recon 
or you know the Assassin's Creed games where it's like you you do these things to unlock skills and unlock XP and money so you can you know upgrade your weapons and that is kind of needed to play the game uh, in yeah. any sort because I I was thinking combat sucked too and then I upgraded my weapons and I was like huh this is kind of going faster <laughs> and it's going much more fluid and I actually have points to use my skills and there's plenty of like cool little perks you can unlock and it's it's not it's not anything again it's not gonna blow your mind with how unique and, and like comfortable the combat feels but it, it's fine it works it works well for what it is so yeah maybe maybe give this one a pass unless you really like spending money but it's not bad <laughs> don't let don't let the internet discourse uh fool you into believing that this is a shitty game it's not shitty it's just because there okay. is a lot that is gonna tell you that this is a shitty game yeah yeah it's there's not, a lot of anger around this game right now <laughs> a lot it's just it's 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 like uh like even if you like arby's right it's like paying 60 dollars for an arby's burger you know yeah see i wouldn't like you can like it arby's but i'm not gonna pay that much exactly (laughs) it's gonna be good but it's not gonna be 60 dollars good there's absolutely no way an arby's burger can taste 60 dollars (laughs) good so what jackie's trying to tell you is know what you're spending your money on it's yes, good for a certain a amount of money. It, it's good as like a value meal, but it's not good as like a main course or a chef du jour. Just be careful about what you're doing is all we're saying here. <laughs> yeah, and I think that's a that's really a great way to just end this because yeah, that I think that about covers it. And if anyone ever asks me to do an episode on Agents of Mayhem. I will find you and I will absolutely beat the shit out of you because I will no, not, that's, I will that's not play both that of game us. again. You can fuck right <laughs> off. That is an arcade militia guarantee. Neither of us will ever play Agents of Mayhem again. We did our time. Fuck you. It doesn't exist. As no that's data quarters here. We are not going to make that one live in existence. Fuck Agents of Mayhem. There's an arcade militia guarantee. If you ask us to play <laughs> Agents of Mayhem, we're going to come to your house and beat you up. That's right. <laughs> That's an arcade militia guarantee. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Arcade Militia. Our show is sponsored by our beautiful patrons, uh, Pixie and A Can of Raid. So thank you again for all the, the support. And if you're not a patron, thank you for being around and listening. Uh, you can find some extra content on our patron website, where we have some extra goodies there for all tiers. Thank you again.